0: Trudeau announces an end to the emergencies act, but we will be doing a recap of how he treated peaceful Canadian truckers because, of course, the media is already trying to rewrite history. The U.S. Freedom Convoy has officially started today and plans on ending up in D.C., The media is trying to redirect supply chain issues onto Russia and Ukraine. And for some reason, the U.S. remains intensely focused on this issue while our own country implodes from the inside. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, your host for this episode. Please, guys, I cannot emphasize enough, YouTube is our main platform, but the second biggest platform is podcast. If you do like the show, please go follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, wherever podcasts are streamed. And if you like the show, please leave a five star review on Apple Pod. It helps us grow in the charts. It helps other people find the show. Also, please follow me on Rumble and Odyssey. These are great all platforms. When. YouTube deletes our show. The show still lives on on these other places. Also my website, SavSaysOfficial.com. Also another big announcement, Sav is on Truth Social. Yes, I'm very excited about it. So if you guys have been able to download Truth Social, please go follow me there at SavSays. We are using that old Twitter username that since got nuked off the face of the earth. Twitter can now ban even my second account because we now have Truth Social and I will be actively posting all of my protest footage on there in the next coming months. So go follow me there. Now... What is currently going on here in the U.S.? And why is it that the media wanted to demonize the Canadian Freedom Convoy so much? We saw this clip from CNN where they had a contributor talking about how this concept of freedom and pushing back against the government was gaining traction all over the world. And it was gaining traction. We were seeing Freedom Convoys in Paris. We were seeing them in the Netherlands. We were seeing people pushing back, of course, in Australia and New Zealand over the past year. And now in the US, the trucking convoy has officially taken off from California today. And we have upwards of a thousand trucks that are going to be heading to Washington, D.C. They are planning on making an 11 day journey across the nation. And why are they doing that? Many people are asking the question, what are the U.S. truckers even fighting for? Well, last Friday, Biden extended the U.S. national emergency due to COVID-19 health risks. So one of the main reasons why these truckers are... Involved in this convoy here in the U.S. is because Biden still has us in a national emergency. Again, from Reuters, President Joe Biden said on Friday, the U.S. national emergency declared in March 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic will be extended beyond March 1st due to the ongoing risk to public health. So one of the things that the truckers are pushing back against is this national emergency. They don't want any more vaccine mandates. They don't want any more mask mandates. In California, it's still get a jab or lose your job. That's still a very real reality. And so these truckers following Canada's footsteps are trying to push back against this and say enough is enough. And the fact that we're even asking, well, why are these truckers even doing a convoy here in the US? That in itself is an example of how we've all been targeted by this mass propaganda campaign by the government. Because keep in mind that we should be, immediately happy that these truckers are standing up in the U.S. because there are people in various states across the nation who are still having to mask up, who are still being forced to choose a vaccine or choose their job. So that's why the truckers are doing this. And one of the main things that these elites, these globalists, call them whatever you will, these world leaders fear, is Canada and the U.S. standing together in unison, is all of these countries standing together, standing for freedom, standing for human rights and liberty. Now, I wish I had this clip in HD for you, but what it is is a clip from BG on the scene of a supporter of this convoy waving a Canadian flag and holding an American flag. And this is what all of these global leaders fear, is people across the world, because keep in mind, this has been a global attack on all of our rights and freedoms. They fear us all standing up together. Now, we're going to talk about what happened in Canada. We're going to talk about the end to that because a lot of people are very worried that the U.S. Freedom Convoy is going to be infiltrated by Feds and it's going to be January 6, 2.0. And I have... Heard from a couple of truckers who say that they are fearful and speculating that the government is going to use this as another way to deem these truckers, these American citizens, terrorists, and then somehow make trucking a federal job so that the government can come in and take over even more. I have heard these angles and I'm very aware. So, for all of the truckers in the US, because I do believe they are planning on trying to block the beltway, which is the highway. I believe it's the I 495 and the I 95 that surrounds Washington, D.C. It's a big circle. They are planning on blocking that beltway so they could have their voices heard. But look at what happened in Canada. They called those truckers terrorists. The Ottawa police chief. Once Trudeau essentially declared himself a dictator, stepped down and then they brought in a new police chief that said that they are going to hunt down every single person that was at this protest, whether they stay or whether they go, they will be hunted down. Another clip I unfortunately don't have for you today due to technical issues. But that is what happened in Canada. The media slandered these people as insurrectionists, as terrorists, as selfish people who didn't believe in science. And we know that we are going to see the same exact thing from the American media. So I want to get ahead of this right now and thoroughly explain what this convoy is about from the Daily Mail. Quote, we want to jumpstart the economy and reopen the country. 1,000 vehicles join the People's Convoy in California and start 11-day cross-country drive to D.C. to protest COVID mandates fueled by $500,000 in early donations. Scores of truckers began their 11-day trek from California to D.C. on Wednesday in an effort to protest COVID-19 vaccine and mandates after they raised more than... $464,000 in donations. The People's Convoy has called on the federal government to end the national emergency enacted at the start of the pandemic, which President Joe Biden extended on Friday. Organizers and participants argue the ongoing COVID-19 restrictions and mandates are unconstitutional and claim the government has forgotten its place. This is one of the quotes that I do like attributed to this convoy because the government 100% has forgotten its place. And it's very important that the people remind the government who is in charge here? It's not them. It's not these politicians. It's not your mayor. It's not your congressman. It's not your governor. It's not Joe Biden. These people should not be ruling over us as authoritarians. They should be speaking for the people and standing for what the people want. Going back to this article. People's Convoy organizers claim they do not intend to disrupt roads or bridges like the Canadian Freedom Convoy protest did. However, some truckers are swearing to disrupt traffic in the nation's capital. The District of Columbia government, including Democrat Mayor Muriel Bowser and the U.S. Capitol Police, are requesting the National Guard assistance. I believe they've already requested 800 police officers as well, or National Guard, um, one of those two, to be in D.C. And we are seeing fences going up around the Capitol building. Yes, fences going up around the Capitol. There is multiple fences and a wall in front of the White House right now. And so many mainstream media articles are trying to say that the wall is up in front of the White House because of some construction of a fountain in front of the White House. Okay, yeah. If Donald Trump was in office and there was a wall erected in front of the White House, people would be up in arms. So those D.C. leaders increasing that police presence in the city and planning to reinstall that fencing surrounding the Capitol. Now, this came out today from the post-millennial, because we are living in two different factions of America right now. They tweeted out, looking at Democrat likely voters alone, 65% said they favored Trudeau's crackdown on the protesters, and 17% said they disapproved. Now, why is this important? Because the U.S. truckers are going to stand up for freedom for everybody, okay? because this is not normal. Forcing people to wear face masks on airplanes is not normal. The government coming in and allowing businesses to discriminate against somebody for their personal medical choice is not normal and that is not freedom, that is not what this country was founded upon. So we know that there is an intense issue With the power structure in our government, when again, we are seeing that fencing going up around the Capitol building. And this isn't just one fence. This is multiple layers of fencing. And why do we see this? Because Joe Biden is the most popular president that's ever been elected. That's why we're seeing it, guys. Joe Biden has had fences up around the Capitol building since he's been installed in office. Or maybe they took them down and they're now reinstalling them. But why would he need fences to protect him? Well, it's because... Of course, like I just said, he is the most popularly elected president in American history with 80 million votes. Just look to Washington, D.C., look to the state of this country, and look at how the average, even Biden supporter, speaks about Biden as president to understand his popularity. That's why the fences are going up, because this government does fear the people, as it should, but they are so drunk and hungry on power, and they refuse to let up that instead of listening to the people, we could, be, we could go back to normal tomorrow. Nobody would have to wear a face mask. Our economy could get back to normal. We could start working on fixing inflation instead of making it worse and worse. But because our government is holding on to power so tightly because they refuse to let go, they are so stubborn, and they refuse to give us our freedoms back. And remember, I warned you two years ago, during 15 Days to Slow the Spread, we should have never even said yes to that because look at where we are now. Freedom is not free, and in order for us to get back our freedoms, it is going to be an intense fight with the government, non-violently, but with these truckers making their voices heard, with the people globally standing up against their corrupt governments. Now, let's take a peek at Canada right now, because, as always, we like to take a look at foreign countries to see what's going to be coming here to the U.S. Now, remember that the Biden administration encouraged Trudeau to use federal powers to shut down the truckers. Now, Viva Fry, who is a Canadian, he live streamed the entire protest. He was there almost every single day, boots on the ground. And he said, and I quote, I have not seen violence until the Ottawa police showed up. Now, we all know that Trudeau enacted the Emergencies Act. And he and I believe her name is Chrystia Friedland, the... The Minister of Finance, yes, Christopher Freeland, the Minister of Finance of Canada, were announcing how they were freezing Canadians' personal bank accounts if they donated to the convoy. They were arresting peaceful protesters. This past weekend, unfortunately, I don't have the footage for you, and I think I'm going to have to do a special report about this because the media is already lying about the peacefulness of these protesters and saying that they were violent insurrectionists. This past weekend, Ottawa police were trampling over these peaceful protesters with Clydesdale horses, a woman who was in a mobile scooter. Okay, she she wasn't even fully, you know, able to walk, got trampled by these police officers. Another man was also trampled underneath these horses. These officers were using tear gas and. That was the power granted to Trudeau and his government via this emergencies act. Now, today he came out and he revoked it. He announced an end to it ahead of the Senate voting on whether or not he could extend it. So he just went ahead and ended it himself and. In the clip, he basically says, oh, well, we're announcing the Emergencies Act. We feel that everything that needed to be done to keep Canadians safe has been done and we're ready to go. Everything's good. Yes, Trudeau, you're an authoritarian dictator who came in and arrested peaceful protesters, put them in jail without bail, are threatening them with up to 10 years of arrest, froze people's bank accounts, called them terrorists and insurrectionists, and attacked them with tear gas while they were standing there peacefully, trying to stand for their rights and freedoms. So I'm sure you feel the need to revoke the Emergencies Act because you now feel that things are safe because you ushered in your dictatorial powers, used them to their full extent and attacked your people and waged war on them. Now, this is just the most ironic thing and cherry on top of the biggest BS cake that Justin Trudeau could ever serve to us. He came out yesterday Because we all know that everything is going on between Russia and Ukraine, tensions are rising, the US has threatened sanctions against Russia, and Canada followed suit. So Trudeau said that Canada was going to stand against authoritarianism and announced sanctions against Russia. I wish I could play this clip for you, but again, technical difficulties. But Trudeau basically goes, oh yes, we're announcing sanctions against Russia because we... We stand for democracy and we want to protect democracy and we will stand against authoritarianism, said the authoritarian who ushered in basically full reign and power over his people because he didn't like that they were standing up against him. So it's it's absolutely hilarious to me to see Justin Trudeau because what is going to happen is an intense damage control campaign because Trudeau knows that global leaders we're like okay you're you're kind of acting uh like hitler you're you're kind of you're kind of being very iffy right now with what you're doing trudeau and then people started connecting the dots to trudeau and the young uh, global leaders from the world economic forum and klaus schwab i posted that video on my truth social account and my instagram account it was the latest video i posted i highly encourage you guys go watch it because it really does lay out the great reset very well and what justin trudeau is currently doing and why he's currently doing it Now, Trudeau also came out and said, let's remember that we're fighting a virus, not each other. And Ezra Levant so beautifully lays out, that he compared the unvaccinated to the virus. He said that they were intolerable. He said they needed to be punished. He called them Nazis. He called them racist and sexist. He spread hatred and he was consumed by hatred himself. Remember that Justin Trudeau came out when this convoy started and accused the truckers of stealing food from the homeless. That was never happening. He called them, like Ezra pointed out, racists and sexists and Nazis. These were peaceful people who had even brought their children out and said, we need to fight for freedoms. We are here to fight for our children. Now, an intense damage control campaign is going to be waged by the Canadian government because Trudeau understands and knows that he overstepped his bounds very much. Which is why he's now coming out and saying, this was never about waging war against Canadians. It was about keeping you safe. It was about a virus. I revoked the Emergencies Act because I knew that everything was fine now that I arrested all the people who spoke out against me. Everything's good now, guys. This wasn't surprising. And of all, of all publications, okay, this one surprised me even. Huffington Post, back in 2014, wrote This headline. Why Canada Will Become a Dictatorship Under Trudeau. This was written back in 2014. I'm going to read you a small excerpt here. The leader of that party does what he wants, when he wants, and no one dares question him. Would a Prime Minister Trudeau arbitrarily whip the vote and outlaw certain moral questions? Could Prime Minister Trudeau be trusted to make decisions for the good of the country, not just for his personal self-worth? Would Trudeau call in the police to enforce his vision? Let's hope we never have the opportunity to ask those questions. Well, unfortunately, HuffPo from 2014, we actually have the answer to those questions because we saw that Justin Trudeau did exactly this. Now, this was back in 2014 when these writers were already sensing that Justin Trudeau, who had said that he liked China's dictatorship because it very efficiently got things done. That was quoted in this article as well. They knew that Justin Trudeau himself was a gigantic red flag for the country of Canada. But here he is installed as a globalist leader and look at what he is doing to his people. Now, we also have the Canadian funded, the, the government funded Canadian press, like the Globe and Mail, putting these types of headlines out. The Ottawa truck convoy has revealed the ugly side of freedom. Because again, the media is trying to run a gigantic damage control campaign and trying to rewrite history right before our very eyes. And that is why I am so passionate about doing these shows for you guys, because we do need to lay out and we do need to combat the lies that we are constantly told every single day. And if you think about what we're seeing in the modern day, the rewriting of history, remember that our own government, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, the president and vice president, compared January 6th, we just had the one-year anniversary, to Pearl Harbor and 9-11. They made a comparison, modern-day rewriting of history. And now we're seeing the Canadian media call the peaceful truckers, terrorists and insurrectionists. Now, I'm going to show you the reality of who these truckers are. And it's horrific, but not for the reason you might think. It's not horrific because of the Canadian truckers. It's not horrific because they're Nazis and racists and terrorists. It's horrific because they are the peaceful, sweetest people on this planet who wanted to stand up for their rights and freedoms. And the fact that this government, this tyrannical dictatorship came in and cracked down on them the way that they did, and the media is lying about them the way that they did, that's what's horrific about this. Now, Ashley Burke, who is a senior reporter for CBC, which is essentially the government-funded version of uh, CNN in Canada, right? CBC. She tweeted out, CBC's van slid off the road and got stuck in a ditch beside the protesters' camp in Armpire. A demonstrator named Tyson, wearing a defund the CBC hat, pulled us out knowing we were CBC journalists. He said he'd never leave anyone stuck like that. She then goes on to say that he's been sleeping in the back of his truck during the Freedom Convoy and arrived at the camp today after visiting the camp in Van Cleek Hill. He lost his job as a trucker and doesn't know what comes next but said he wants freedom for his grandkids. A female trucker at the gate of the camp was friendly but said they've decided no media are allowed inside because they are trying to take care of protesters on the site. So CBC, who has been slandering these truckers as... Again, every name in the book that you could think of. Even had to show the reality of who these people are. But they've done such an effective job at spreading their campaign on behalf of Trudeau, uh, spreading their propaganda on behalf of Trudeau, misspoke there, that there are people in the comments of this thread saying, well, this was one good trucker out of thousands that are insurrectionists, that are evil, that are mean, that are selfish, That's what people are commenting on in this thread. Even CBC can't lie anymore and say that these truckers are vicious and vile and evil when they're helping them out of a ditch that they got stuck in. That's who these truckers really are. Again, I had talked about it previously, but Viva Fry tweets this out. I have spent 12 days live streaming from Ottawa. I did not see one shred of violence until the police showed up. And what did the police do to these protesters? This is something that we can never forget and we can never let be rewritten in history. From the New York Times, and this was from this past Saturday, breaking news, the police arrested demonstrators at gunpoint near the Parliament building in Ottawa in an effort to end the week's long protest. And there is a picture here of the police officers using pepper spray on the people and clashing with them. And it gets even worse than that because the Ottawa police on their verified Twitter account came out and said, please note, no one has been seriously injured or passed away in any of today's police actions. Safety is our priority. So they're tweeting this out that nobody got hurt. No one has been hospitalized. Nobody has been trampled. What really happened to the protesters? I'll show you what happened. Now, this clip was of a woman with a walker who got trampled by officers on horses. And this is horrific video of these peaceful protesters who are standing here, and then the police just come in and ravage them, run them over with their horses, and the other protesters are just screaming, look what you're doing, look what you're doing. Police surround the people that have just been injured. And that's how the police responded to these protesters that were peaceful Again, they went to their Twitter account and said, if you were involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Now, you read this type of thing and you say, wow, these protesters must have done something very bad to deserve getting their bank accounts frozen and their lives ruined because they didn't do what the government told them to do. And what was it that the government told them to do? The government basically said, give up your rights and freedoms to us. The people said no. They went and they peacefully stood in the streets of Ottawa. And then the police said, we are going to look for you and find you and hunt you down. Now, last week, the head police chief of the Ottawa Police Department had stepped down after Trudeau was drunk on power and being tyrannical. So they brought in a new Ottawa police chief. And he's quoted saying, If you retreat and go home, you will be hunted and punished. And in this clip, he ends it by saying all of the people who came and blocked our streets will face the consequence. This will be a long and strenuous investigation, but we will find each and every one of you. And if you listen to the rhetoric surrounding this, it's, again, horrific how blatantly these peaceful people have been lied about. So Ottawa police chief coming forward and saying anybody involved with the protest is going to be hunted down. And then Krista Friedland came forward and said that some accounts will remain frozen depending on who that person was. So government tells you to go home. You finally say, all right, I don't want to get arrested like Tamara Lish, who was the One of the uh, leaders of this convoy, she's currently being held in jail in Canada, threatened with up to 10 years of imprisonment and no bail, similar to what we're seeing with the January Sixers. And now we have the Minister of Finance in Canada saying, well, yeah, your bank account might just stay frozen, depending on who you are. I mean, you can't push back against the government, silly goose. If you do that, we'll just ruin your whole life. Yeah, that's the Canadian government. And if you think that this is an issue that was central to only the truckers, this other video came out from Canada. This snowboarder is being violently thrashed around by security guards because he's not wearing a face mask outside while he's snowboarding. So in Canada, if you are snowboarding without a face mask outside, you will have Five to six security guards come and mob you and beat you up and arrest you. So these are the common sense policies that Justin Trudeau is trying to push. This is the way that Justin Trudeau is trying to keep his people safe. Luckily, there are some Canadian politicians or premiers, the premier of Alberta, Canada, for example, his name is Jason Kennedy, who is rejecting Justin Trudeau and all of the evil that he stands for. He says that Justin Trudeau and Klaus Schwab and the entire set of proposals referred to as the Great Reset, he doesn't agree with and he rejects. Another amazing clip that I wish I could play for you guys. So not all hope is lost and there are good Uh, politicians that are standing up for Canadians. But Trudeau, clearly drunk on power, a media so intent on spreading propaganda and rewriting history in the modern day and ushering in vaccine passports and central banking and digital currency so that way the government can come in and shut you down even easier. That's what the Canadian protesters were fighting against and that's what they're up against. Now, bringing it back here to the U.S., Because this isn't just an issue in Canada, it's not just an issue in the US, it's an issue in the majority of Europe, in Australia, in New Zealand. I saw this tweet today perfectly encapsulates what people have been going through. And I think we all forgot what we had been forced to go through and that this is not normal comes from Ann Wheeler, who says, I haven't been doing well lately. Two years ago, I lost my career, my ability to travel, my friends, my agency, my purpose, and my joy. I know I will never get back the life I once had, but is it too much to ask to be allowed to build another one hashtag and mandates, even corporate ones. It went viral 15,000 likes because It so simply lays out what the government has done to everybody worldwide. The government does not care about your health. If they did, they never would have shut down churches while leaving liquor stores open. They would never have shut down gyms while still keeping fast food restaurants open. The government does not care about your health, and you can look to a variety of subjects and issues for that one, whether it's the false flags that have been proposed by our government and our own intelligence agencies, Operation Northwoods, to the food pyramid that the FDA has pushed on us, to the seed oils that we are told are good for us that combat high cholesterol when in reality they cause cancer. They're spraying chemicals in our air. That is an actual thing. Cloud seeding, look into it. The US government, all governments don't care about your health and safety. They care about power. They care about control. And right now we are in a very dangerous position because the global leaders have all graduated and they're all leading their countries now. The prime minister of New Zealand, her name is Jacinda Arden. She's also one of the young global leader graduates from the World Economic Forum. There's a pattern here. She's the same prime minister who was talking about uh, suicide rates that were rising in New Zealand with a big smile on her face. Now, we continue to combat the COVID propaganda and narrative every single day because we know it's all lies. We know it's all BS. And the media is doing everything they can to cover that up. But the truth still trickles through here and there. From Adam Creighton on Twitter, he shares this article from Reuters that says, Iceland, to lift all COVID-19 restrictions, quote, as many people as possible need to be infected with the virus as the vaccines are not enough, the Iceland health ministry said. And he's quoted saying, didn't that used to be dangerous misinformation? I would have read this directly from the Reuters article, but I have reached my article limit, so I'm just going to have to read that one excerpt from you or for you. I wish I could read you more because I'm sure that this is a great article and the Iceland health ministry seems to understand how viruses and natural herd immunity actually works. Now, Bill Gates also was quoted coming out saying that it's really sad, but Omicron did a better job at... Uh, you know, infecting people with COVID in a less lethal way than the vaccine did, sadly. That was his quote. He was very sad about it. Why would he say that? Because he is sad about it. Because now big pharma can't make millions of dollars and you can't be used as a cash cow for the rest of your foreseeable life. I tweeted this out today as well. Uh, Project Veritas exposed an entire FDA executive officer saying that the FDA is paid millions of dollars from the vaccine industry, the food industry, and the drug industry to keep products available to the public that might not be so great for us, and everyone just forgot about it. The media does a great job of continuing to throw so much information in our face that we are immediately on to the next thing. Tomorrow's big breaking news is going to be Ukraine and Russia. Before I started this stream, apparently explosions heard in Kiev, And all U.S. news is going to be focused in on that, even though we're imploding internally here in the U.S. Our crime statistics are going up. I'll be going into that in a minute. Uh, Our inflation and food supply not doing great. We'll also cover that. But the media knows that you can't keep up with all this and they can keep lying to you and they can keep you focused in on the dangling carrot of the day, right? Tomorrow it will be Russia, Ukraine. Maybe the day after that, it'll be the freedom convoy terrorists in the US who are just like the Canadians and are stoking fear and terror. Yeah. Now, going back to COVID, sorry, I kind of went off there on a little tangent. So many interesting articles coming out that I wish the media would highlight, but they won't because they don't care about you. They don't care about the truth. And they don't care about, uh, you know, actually making sure that people survive and they're using and taking a product that's going to be beneficial to them. No, they care about making money. We all know who sponsors all the mainstream media. Sponsored by Pfizer. Yeah. This show is not sponsored by Pfizer, which is why, uh, or Moderna, which is why I am constantly exposing what's going on. The show is not sponsored by anybody except for you guys, actually. And every single time we get on air, I risk losing this entire channel because I'm telling the truth. And I don't say that to make it about me. I say it to make it about how there's so many different factions of society that are attacking the truth. It's not only the mainstream media. It's also big tech. It's also our politicians. It's a very convoluted, just... Mess that we have to get through to even get a little glimmer of truth. Now, going back to COVID news from the Daily Mail, French tennis star blames adverse reaction to a COVID booster for his recent withdrawals with 35-year-old citing health glitch as compatriot Jeremy Shardy also struggles after getting vaccinated last summer. He's hoping he will be able to return for the Masters tournament next month. But he admits it. He's having bad reactions to the booster. And we've seen a lot of these athletes and soccer players collapsing on the field and having heart issues. We've seen hockey players who have just died on the ice, uh, clutching their chest from heart issues. Young men. These are all like 20 to 35-year-old young men, the healthiest people in our society, top athletes, heart issues, myocarditis, pericarditis. Nobody's, Nobody's questioning it. Nobody is even reporting on it. Again, from the Daily Mail, because they really do seem like the only um, media outlet that will report on this type of stuff for some reason. Uh, The CDC is refusing to publish data. It has collected on booster effectiveness for 33 million Americans aged 18 to 49 over fears it might show the vaccines as ineffective. FDA expert tells CDC to tell the truth. Two weeks ago, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention published data about the effectiveness of boosters against COVID-19, but the CDC failed to publish a tranche of their data, however, omitting the impact on those aged 18 to 49 who are least likely to benefit from the boosters. The CDC are also being criticized for failing to publish their information about child hospitalization rates and comorbidities. A spokeswoman for the CDC said they were concerned that the data would be misinterpreted, pointing out it was incomplete and not verified. Critics said that it was always better to publish the information rather than withhold and allow scientists to analyze and explain what they could. Now, you go down into this story as well, and FDA advisor and vaccine expert Dr. Paul Offit says, tell the truth and present the data, and he is referring to the CDC, urging them to publish the information, but they won't do it. And why won't they do it? Because it will further expose that this product does not work and that the government mandating it is useless and that we can get back to normal. We should have gone back to normal and there is zero reason why we should be in a state of emergency. There's zero reason why we should be forced to take booster shots. There's zero reason why we should have ever even been forced to get the vaccine. But here we are. And let's keep going. Now, I mentioned this previously, But just to reiterate and really highlight our point, that this has never been about anybody's health or safety, Bill Gates, quote, sadly, the virus itself, particularly the variant called Omicron is a type of vaccine, creates both B-cell and T-cell immunity, and it's done a better job of getting out to the world population than we have with vaccines. And of course, we know that he's sad about that because getting the Omicron variant is free, unlike the vaccine, which is funded by the taxpayers. Now, going back to that initial tweet and what people have been going through, this article has been at the forefront of my mind, and I just kept forgetting to bring it into the show because there's always so much news that we cover. But how has this affected our children? A Palm Beach therapist says she saw an increase in children's speech delays by 300%. 300% increase in speech delays in kids because of COVID. Also remember, and I love reiterating this one, that medical doctors went to Washington, D.C. and under penalty of perjury reported on a 300% uptick in miscarriages and in cancer over the five-year average and a 1,000% uptick in neurological issues over the five-year average. By the way, uh, I believe we, we had uh, two military planes crash in the past couple of days. No one's reporting on it. Everyone's overlooking it. Very interesting stuff. And I wish people would tie these things together, but of, of course the media is never going to do that. The media is never going to report on... Videos like this one that came out of a Texas middle school teacher quoted saying those conservative Christians need to get COVID and die. A Colleyville middle school teacher identified by school parents as Lisa Grimes was captured on camera saying that political opposition to the COVID vaccine prolonged the pandemic and added that those Christian conservatives, they need to die. They need to get COVID and die. She's not living in the freedom-loving portion of America where we believe in our constitution. No, she's in the portion of America that worships Dr. Fauci and would probably suck his toes if they got the chance. Disgusting. We would never because Dr. Fauci, essentially the antichrist at this point, disgusting. She wants these, these people to die she specifically points to Christians and conservatives. And why is that? Because for some reason, the conservatives and right-wingers, and there are a couple of liberals too, I will admit that, we're the only ones that have common sense and the ability to critically think. It's Christians who fear God over a virus and say, no, I don't need that. And I would like a religious exemption. And that's why she wishes death upon them. Now, We'll transition a little bit into Russia and Ukraine news because apparently Putin is invading Russia. I read the transcript of his speech, however, and he did highlight what NATO has been doing with Ukraine and a little bit of why they are doing what they're doing before I started this show explosions were heard near Kiev so we will see what's happening. The media has been drumming up that there will be World War III within the next 48 hours and Putin is set to make his move and there's a UN emergency meeting happening right now at this very moment because things are just getting so out of hand. My question, as with everything, is why should I be concerned with Russia and Ukraine when we won't even secure our own border here at home? Now, let me see if I can find this for you guys here. I'm going to read an excerpt from Putin's speech because I think it's interesting. And it may shed more light into the situation. So he says, over the past few years, military contingents of NATO countries have been almost constantly present on Ukrainian territory under the pretext of exercises. The Ukrainian troop control system has already been integrated into NATO. This means that NATO headquarters can issue direct commands to the Ukrainian armed forces, even to separate units and squads. The United States and NATO have started an impundent development of Ukrainian territory as a theater of potential military operations. Their regular joint exercises are obviously anti-Russian. Last year alone, over 23 1,000 troops and more than 1,000 units of hardware were involved. A law has already been adopted that allows foreign troops to come to Ukraine in 2022 to take part in multinational drills. Understandably, these are primarily NATO troops. This year, at least 10 of these joint dr- drills are planned. So he goes in to say that these undertakings are cover-ups for a rapid buildup of the NATO military group on Ukrainian territory, and you basically have to understand the relationship between Russia and NATO and Ukraine to really get into this in depth. I don't have as great of an understanding of that, but I would highly encourage you guys to look at both sides of this issue. Go and find the transcript of Putin's entire speech, go read it, understand the Russian perspective, and also understand what the U.S. is doing right now. For example, spreading more propaganda around Russia. Look at what happened and look at how Russia was treated during Trump's entire time in office. Russia was public enemy number one, and they're still trying to attack Donald Trump to this day because of his collusion with Russia. From The Guardian today, Trump praised genius Putin for moving troops to eastern Ukraine. Former president says a Russian leader made a very savvy decision to recognize two territories of eastern Ukraine as independent. And he basically read into this story. And Trump is kind of just saying, you know what, Putin is making a very savvy move because he knows he can, because he knows Biden is weak and pathetic and he's calling him on his bluff. So just another example of how we are an international laughingstock. It's so funny to me because John Brennan tweeted out today, oh, I was just watching Republicans just laughing about Joe Biden and how weak he seems. And it's just like, we're all supposed to be Americans and love each other. And why would you ever respond in this way? Why would you ever say America's weak? Because we are weak, Brennan, because we are weak. And that is why Putin will go and do whatever he wants. And I said, too, on my last shows, I was like, I mean, if Putin invades Ukraine, I'll say that I was wrong. I still don't think he's necessarily invaded because I was trying to look into the news on if he did. And I read a headline saying experts define the definition of invasion to quell some confusions. And so to me, I was like, okay, so did they, they really invade then?" if the media is trying to already restructure what the word invasion means. Now, another thing our media is doing is, a. Uh, From CBS News Today, the U.S. economy has been hit with increased gas prices, inflation, and supply chain issues due to – drumroll please (sighs) – The Ukraine crisis. And if this isn't the biggest crock of BS I've ever heard in my freaking life. No, the US economy has been hit with increased gas prices, inflation and supply chain issues because Joe Biden has refused to reopen our economy. He has imposed unconstitutional vaccine mandates on truckers, slowing the flow of transportation of goods. He printed trillions of dollars, as did Donald Trump. He did, he was also a part of that too. Trillions of dollars for these COVID stimulus packages and the gas prices are because he shut down U.S. pipelines. We do not need to be dependent on foreign countries for our natural oil or our oil reserves. We can be Independent. We have our own oil reserves here at home. But of course, everyone's like, oh, well, you don't want to use your own supply. Look what's happening right now. The media is trying to blame OPEC and Russia for our rising gas prices. When in reality, look at our gas prices when Donald Trump was in office. Why were they half the price that they are today? Because Donald Trump said, no, we are going to have our own supply here at home. We are going to allow fracking. We are going to allow Texas to. Mine oil is not the right term here. Sorry, I'm I'm thinking on the fly here to frack oil. My dad's in this industry. I should know this terminology. Joe Biden shut all of that down. One of his first moves in office was shutting down the Keystone Pipeline. A judge just shut down another pipeline in the Gulf of Mexico because of climate change. So this is all Joe Biden's fault, but CBS News is now trying to redirect the entire destruction and implosion of America on Ukraine and Russia. What a freaking joke. Now, Joe Biden was reading off a teleprompter yesterday, and he was supposed to sound angry. And because I don't have this video for you guys, I'm just going to have to reenact it for you. And I have the exact quote here, so I'm just going to read it like Joe Biden read it. He goes, who in the Lord's name think gives him the right to declare new so-called countries on territory that belong to his neighbors. This is a flagrant violation of international law. That's how he sounded. And it's so funny because he's supposed to sound angry. Like who in the Lord's name thinks that Putin can come in and he can invade and blah, blah, blah. But Joe Biden is such a failure. He can't even read off a damn teleprompter. Right. And he's sitting here like, Who in the Lord's name? Can the real president come read this? Oh, it's me. I'm the president. I have to read it. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. That's Joe Biden's entire presidency in 10 seconds or less. Now, I saw this uh, image, and I had to pull it up for you guys. This one was posted three days ago, and it is Joe Biden meeting with his National Security Council, and it is just the weakest picture I've ever seen in my life. They're all sitting around this long table trying to look intimidating. They're all masked up. They look pathetic. They look muzzled. They look weak. And that is why Putin will continue to flex his muscles. That is why China will come in and try to take over Taiwan because these foreign leaders know that they can because Joe Biden is weak and he is pathetic and he is a puppet who can't even read off of a teleprompter. And I don't need to highlight any more how pathetic Joe Biden is, but I will because I like you guys. Uh, From Todd Starnes, White House called a lunch lid today at 9.45 a.m. Well, I guess if you're a senior citizen, lunch is at 9.45 a.m. and dinner's at 4 p.m. They called a lunch lid at 9.45 a.m. For Joe Biden, the president of the United States. Again, do you remember a time when we had a president who would fight with the press all day, hop on Air Force One, go to a, a city or a town in America, go give a couple of speeches, go talk to an American manufacturing plant. And then at the end of the night, fly to another American city and go give a two-hour-long, three-hour-long teleprompter-free speech about the state of America? Now we have a literal vegetable running our country. Well, come on, guys. We all know it's Obama behind the scenes doing it, but uh, it's Joe Biden. Now, the media wants you focused in on Russia and Ukraine because they don't want Americans asking the very important questions of like, Well, like, why is gas so expensive? And like, why have grocery shelves been empty since you've been in office? That's like, totally not cool. Also, per the Daily Mail, why has rape in Atlanta soared by 236% and murder by 43%? Yeah. Why has that happened? The media doesn't want us doing that, which is why they're going to, again, dangle that carrot and say, oh, 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 you're looking at gas prices. No, look over here. Look over here. Yes, 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 yes. Look at Ukraine. Look at Russia. OK, calm down. You didn't like Joe Biden. No, no. Joe Biden's doing great. Calm down. Look at Russia. Look at Ukraine. Just... Look away from the rape statistics. Look away from the reality and the consequence of the defund the police movement. No, we're actually, we want you to just look at this foreign country that has nothing to do with us because the, the media is going to tell you that the gas prices are because of OPEC and Russia. But in reality, like we could be pumping our own oil, but like, look away, <laughs> look away. Don't look at that. Don't look at that. Just look at a foreign country that has nothing to do with you. Also, our borders wide open, but we care about Ukraine's borders because, um, Yeah, a lot of politicians have a lot of shady things going on in Ukraine, so it's just something that they're very heavily invested in, you know, guys? Anyway... From the Daily Mail, uh, not to be joked about actually, rape in Atlanta soared by 236% and murder by 43% in 2022 compared to the same time last year after a woke city mayor and pandemic lockdowns sent crime soaring. And I'm going to actually rewrite that headline for you Daily Mail because it wasn't pandemic lockdowns that sent crime soaring. It was George Soros-funded district attorneys that continued to allow criminals to be freed in our society Atlanta let's look at who's the district attorney of Atlanta let's see district attorney of Atlanta Fulton County DA is Fannie Willis very interesting and I'm just going to do like a quick search here um search Fannie Willis George Soros because we want to make sure that we're being correct here so if she's not Soros funded then I'll, I'll be wrong Let's see, uh, Fannie Willis, Georgia DA who charge officers faces tough primary runoff. All right, I'm going to have to look into that one more thoroughly. Mm-hmm. We're going to look into that one more thoroughly because I'm not sure if she's necessarily uh, Soros-funded. But to my point, many of these DAs in all of these crime-ridden cities are funded by a certain somebody, and then um, crime continues to perpetuate. But this is the reality of the uh, defund the police movement and the lawlessness and crime and uh bail reform that we've seen from the left. This is the reality of it. And the media has to keep you distracted because America is not looking good. And because I have so many tabs open already, I didn't even have time to gather all of the videos of people being shot point blank in America, of people being robbed point blank in America, of all of the attacks, of all of the crime that has been rising in all of these Democrat run cities. It's not looking good, folks. It's really not looking good. But instead of focusing on issues here at home, because remember, our border is still wide open, the media and our politicians want us looking at Ukraine. Now, another issue that I want to focus in on is the attack on our children, because I have also seen this other alarming trend of the LGBTQIA plus community coming in and infiltrating our schools and then being very aggressive with that indoctrination. It's actually something that happens all the time, but I've been seeing it pop up a lot more and more. This came out from the Washington Post today. Texas governor directs state agencies to investigate some transgender medical treatments as child abuse. Texas governor Greg Abbott has directed state agencies to investigate the application of certain gender affirming treatments as child abuse. And the media so beautifully and eloquently and manipulatively creates these titles and they're very strategic with their wording because, uh, you know, like they say here, it's a medical treatment and Craig Abbott wants to deem it child abuse. So these gender affirming treatments, I would venture to say are child abuse because you are manipulating a child and you are lying to them. And so many media outlets have done different stories on this. And then the LGBTQ community gets them shut down and they get that silenced. Let me see if I can pull it up here. For example, from Athena on Twitter, she quote tweets a time tweet. And the time tweet reads, much of the criticism surrounding gender affirming care operates from the misperception that young children are receiving rushed, unsupervised, irreversible treatments. And then she quotes it saying, I literally had a mastectomy at 16 years old within months of first seeing a therapist about my possible gender dysphoria. But yeah, just sweep us under the rug. Leslie Stahl of 60 Minutes also did a piece. On transgender individuals who regretted their decision and were rushed by their doctors and by their counselors into getting these surgeries. Keep in mind, a mastectomy is cutting off your breast as a 16 year old girl. All teenagers go through these crises where they don't know who they are and they are moody and maybe I'm this or maybe I'm that. You don't take a child and manipulate them into getting a life altering surgery. No, you're supposed to help them. So when Greg Abbott says these gender affirming medical treatments are child abuse, I would 100 percent agree with that. Like I was just saying, and again from the Daily Mail, Leslie Stahl defends CBS 60 Minutes episode about transgender people rushing into treatment, then regretting it. Young man was castrated after taking female hormones for just three months. So when Leslie Stahl came out with this, because she had several people she interviewed, the LGBTQ community tried to shut her down and cancel her and labeled her a turf. Why? Because she wanted to be a real journalist and expose the stories of how a lot of these young people are being manipulated by doctors, how doctors in the modern day are even afraid to come out and ask these young teenagers, are you sure you, you really want to have this surgery? If doctors ask people, uh, these teenagers that question, then they are hit with a hate crime. Like, well, why are you questioning this person? Why aren't you affirming them? Go look that up. That's a very true thing that's happening. Also in uh, Florida, from the Tampa Bay Times, latest proposed change to Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill riles Democrats. They say a new amendment would require schools to notify parents when LGBTQ students find in school officials. An amendment... Uh, Let me see here. The proposal by bill sponsor, Representative Joe Harding, would alter a section of the legislation that initially offered protection to students who confide personal information to school employees who might face abuse, abandonment, or neglect if their parents were to find out. He would add language requiring staff who withhold any such information from parents to disclose it within six weeks of that decision. So... In regards to this one, the media, again, making it sound very scary that if these students come out to their parents, they're going to be ejected from their homes, and they're going to be ostracized from their families. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen and hasn't happened to people who are gay, or, yeah, I don't know, have any type of sexuality. But at the same time, it is a parent's Job to raise their child. It's not the school's job and it's not the state's job to raise a child. So the parents should be in the know about this. And the reason why this is important too. Is because our educators are indoctrinating students right now and teaching students to be gay and glorifying being gay and making it seem like this amazing thing that everybody should do. So they're indoctrinating students and then they're brainwashing them and then they're affirming to those students that, yes, you're gay. Yes, you're gay. Yes, you're gay. We're not going to tell your parents. Look at the uh, genderless gingerbread man in all of the classrooms. This is you now, right? You're gay. I even was, I played a TikTok on this show of this mother who was talking with her son on the TikTok. And the son was like, yeah, I'm gay because my mom wants me to be, and she would be mad if I wasn't. And the mom's just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like, end end stream, end stream. That's the reality of it. A lot of these kids are being brainwashed and attacked and indoctrinated. And these teachers don't want to be exposed and they don't want parents to know what's going on in schools because they are raising the next generation that will continue to subvert this country. What does Yuri Besmanov, KGB defector and propagandist expert, say about subverting an entire country? You subvert from within by re-educating an entire generation takes 10 to 15 years. Once that generation is re-educated, they come in and they destroy the country from within. I say this all the time. America is a very powerful country. We cannot be attacked from the outside. We have to be Trojan horsed. And China has done a very good job of that by infiltrating our universities and injecting communism and normalizing communism and socialism in our universities. And The LGBTQ community has also done a great job of Trojan horsing and attacking our children and indoctrinating them and re-educating them. Well, look at where we're at in the modern day. Look at the millennial generation. The traditional family is destroyed. Christianity has been attacked and you can't even use proper language because they them pronouns do not make sense grammatically without being attacked in the modern day. That's how subversion works and that's how you destroy a country from within. Beautifully executed in the US, unfortunately for us. Now, this article came out from 2019, but it's just another example of how our society is being destroyed every single day. Florida teacher fired for giving zeros to students who didn't turn in their work. She writes on the board, bye kids. Miss Terrado loves you the best in life, but I've been fired because I won't give you 50% for not turning anything in. Now, many parents have commented on my posts as well and said that kids have to get at least a 50%. Remember that in Portland, uh, I believe it was their governor who passed a bill basically saying that minority students don't have to ace math or science programs because they are disproportionately affected by that. So they can graduate high school and get their diploma without having to pass it. that's where our society is in the modern day, which is why we continue to see the indoctrinated generation, these activists like this one from the post-millennial who say diet and exercise is conversion therapy for fat people. Again, highlighting that language there, they use that very scary conversion therapy. They were using that for the gays for a long time. Again, historically, I know that there were gay people who did undergo conversion therapy, it wasn't good for them. So I'm not trying to downplay things that have happened in the past. But when we see people like this activist here, who is a an actor of the state, I would venture to say this is just the like chef's kiss, most perfect person for our government to use and weaponize against the average citizen who's normal, and who has critical thinking skills. This is the type of person who is allowed to run our country now. Diet and exercise is conversion therapy for fat people. Remember that Joe Biden's uh, nuclear hire is into kinks and dressing up in leather outfits as a dog and coming to work in stilettos and calls Dr. Fauci, Daddy Fauci. These people are taking over institutions. They're infiltrating all of these different areas of our society and they are radically changing them. So, you know, I was very much like live and let live. I'm more of a libertarian. But then I saw what live and let live became it became the LGBTQ community pushing their propaganda down our throats and now calling us racists and sexists and bigots for not accepting their degeneracy and their attack on our children. We'll keep going now, too another great way to confuse people in the modern day and make them think that they're victims of a corrupt government and uh, corrupt institutions. Pramila Jayapal, who is a Congress member in Washington says when 14.8 million millennials hold an average of nearly $39,000 in student loan debt, are we really surprised that 70% of them live paycheck to paycheck? And she says, cancel every last penny POTUS. Now, I want to combat this right here because I had $22,000 in student loan debt and I paid it off in two years. I am debt free. I have my degree. It was probably the most useless $22,000 I've ever spent. I don't think that I even needed my college education because I didn't learn anything in college. I learned everything that I know in the real world and, you know, actually going out on the street. But um, I paid off my student loan debt. My parents have taught me about debt and how to properly use a credit card and work with your credit score since I was 16 years old. So let me debunk this in lifetime. Now, people are living paycheck to paycheck because they have student loan debt. And instead of paying that off and living below their means, which means you have a little extra wiggle room in your paycheck. So You can send it to your student loan debt. That's what living below your means means. But people don't want to do that. People don't want to sacrifice. People want to say, I want to live my dream life. I want to live in my dream apartment. I want to drive my dream car. I want to wear my favorite clothes. I want to eat organic food every single day. I want to buy the $9 juice and drink Starbucks every single day. They continue to put that on a credit card, and they are spending more money than they have. Because if you're in debt, you don't have any extra money to spend. If you are in debt, it means you live below your means so you have extra money that you can send to savings and you can send to your debt until it is paid off. $39,000 in student loan debt seems like a big number. But when push comes to shove and you live below your means, you can easily pay this off. But people don't want to sacrifice. And we live in such a coddled society that their greatest struggle in life is having to pay off the student loan debt that they agreed to get into. So if they are living paycheck to paycheck, I have zero sympathy for them because they don't need to be. That is a personal choice on them. So that's all I'll say on that front. I also had this other video of uh, Elizabeth Warren going on CNN saying that, you know how much Elon Musk paid in taxes? One of the richest people in the world, zero dollars. And he's not the only one. Jeff Bezos, another one of the richest people in the world, pays less in taxes than a public school teacher or a firefighter. And then uh, Sawyer Merritt, who is... A Tesla investor and co-founder of Twin Birch USA, a sustainable clothing startup, retweets and says for 2021, Elon will be paying the single largest tax bill of any individual in history, over $11 billion. He also donated $5.7 billion in Tesla shares to a charity in November of 2021. And then even Elon Musk commented on this saying, We'll visit IRS next time in D.C. just to say hi, since I paid the most taxes ever in history for an individual last year. Maybe I can have a cookie or something. But this right here is the perfect example of the media and our politicians, and it's the perfect way to end the show. They will lie to you on national television, knowing that you will believe them because they are credible. And why are they credible? Because they're on TV, because they're in front of the news desk, because they are elected, because they're in Congress, because they're better than you. So they can say whatever they want without repercussion. Elizabeth Warren can come up and say Elon Musk paid $0 in taxes when in reality he paid $11 billion. Pramila Jayapal can say that students are living paycheck to paycheck because life is just so hard when in reality it was those students' personal choice to get however much into student loan debt that they decided to get. So the entire industry our entire society is based off of a lie. And once you wake up, and so many people say, take the red pill, you can't go back to sleep, because you realize what's actually going on in society. I said I was going to end it there, but I forgot I had this Thomas Massey tweet as well. He said, did you know Social Security is taxed twice, once when the money is deducted from your paycheck, and then again for most people when you receive the benefit? My bill, H.R. 6590, the Senior Citizens Tax Elimination Act, would eliminate the double tax on Social Security benefits. You think we're ever going to hear anything like that from Elizabeth Warren? No, she's too busy lying to you. She's too busy lying to you. So that's all I've got for this episode of Rapid Fire. I do apologize that I wasn't able to play those videos for you because they were powerful videos, powerful quotes, and I will most likely do a video called Don't Let Canada Rewrite Their History and actually show you those videos that I was going to play because they are very important. It is important that we hear from Justin Trudeau's own mouth the lies and the cover-ups that he is pushing out onto the world right now. Because I can read a quote to you all day long, but the media can rewrite that quote. Twitter can delete that video, which is why we have to listen to it with our own ears, see it with our own two eyes, and continue to spread the information and the truth. Again, guys, if you like the show, please go follow on podcasts and leave a five-star review. The links are down below. And go to the website, SavSaysOfficial.com for all of my research on various things. Go follow me on Truth Social at SavSays where I will be reporting again. I'm very excited. Big news coming within the next week. And um, remember to continue to spread the truth. Remember that the truth is one of the most important things that we have. And it's not easily achieved. It's not easily found. I get exhausted doing this show. I'm sure you guys get exhausted listening. Why are we exhausted? Because the truth is exhausting. When you're living in a world full of propaganda and lies, when you're living in a world that thrives off of chaos and off of destruction and off of death and manipulation, the truth is exhausting, but it's well worth chasing every single time. My name is Savannah Hernandez. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please share the show with your friends if you do like it. It grows by you guys sharing it with just one or two of your friends. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I am truly honored that you are here. Thank you.